Hallelujah. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you this evening for giving us the privilege to be in your presence once again. It's not by power, it's not by might. We acknowledge you in our lives. We bless your name. Receive our praises in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we know you are here with us. We pray that you minister to us individually as we have come. Whatever it is that is burdening our hearts, we pray that you see to it in the name of Jesus. Let your word break down every forces that is not of you in our lives in the name of Jesus. Let your word bring light into every dark areas of our lives in the name of Jesus. And give us the grace to leave this place transformed completely. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Can you put your hands together for the Holy Spirit one more time? Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Reverend, for that. <laughs> I, I know that the Lord will continue to uh, anoint you for greater works in Jesus' name. Okay, so we have been on the topic, what it means to be born again. What it means to be born again. You know, we are going back to the basics. And every now and then is important for us to go back to the basics because sometimes we've been Christians for so long, we've forgotten what it means to be what? Hallelujah. And so we begin to do things according to uh, certain levels that we have reached, forgetting the foundation that brought us there. Amen. And when you want to see any building that is going to go tall, that's going to be big, that's going to be wide, that's going to be, you know, carry a whole lot of loads, what determines how high a building will go is how deep the foundation is. And so I want you to have this at the back of your mind that our greatness is not the problem. God does not have any problem blessing us and making us great, you know, or grand. But it will not, no, even we, ordinary, you and I, will not put a duplex on the foundation of a boy's quarter. Are you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's not making any sense at all. You have dug the foundation of room and parlor self-contained, and then you decide tomorrow that, ah, I want this building to be grand. Quickly, I remove the roofing, and from there, put two-story on it. You know, even the engineers will tell you that it's not possible, right? Yeah. So that's the same thing in the, in the spiritual realm. Many of us, our depths, our foundation cannot accommodate more than the level we are at. Amen, somebody. And even when you, you are there three days and you are praying and you're telling God, I want to be grand. This 2023, I want to soar. I want to be seen. I want to be known. I want you to do something great, something magnificent in my life. I want people to know me. You say you will make me a name and a praise. Yes, he said so. But every other person present in the place of your prayer looks at you and says, but your debt can only carry two rooms. No matter how much you have prayed for it, because we love you, we would not put 10-story building you are looking for on it. We would not do that. Many years ago, I remember that we were praying. We were always praying. As lead, the leadership of this church, we are always praying, fasting. And one of the days, I had a dream. And I saw that 
we became big, you know, but the layers of the building were made with wood. Hallelujah. And do you know why? It, I didn't understand it, then I felt that, oh, okay, maybe the structure was not good, but many years later, I came to realization that it was the mercy of God. Yes, we wanted it by all means. The joint prayer was too much. We were not giving heaven to rest. So they, we had to have that. But it was wood. That means it could collapse anytime. But it was also wood because of the mercy of God. Because our foundation cannot carry block. Are you understanding? Our foundation could not undo the bricks. The thing. We wanted the, the levels. We wanted the grandness. We want, yes. Even if God answers that. It will not, the beauty, the splendor will not be there. You will see that, oh, you have you two, you have a business, you have business partners, you have this, the fruit of it, the, 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 the stamina that the business should have, you know, the thing that, that is supposed to be there is not there because the foundation, if it, they should put it there, it will crush the foundation and every other thing with it. Hallelujah. So, in other words, one of the very most important things that we should do and we should have as children of God is depth. Depth. The foundation must be strong. The foundation must be good. The foundation must not be destroyed. The foundation must be solid. And the foundation must look like what we want to put on top. Many times, you have to destroy. You'll see that sometimes you'll see people buy a, a building. And what do they do to the building? Do they patch it? They break it down completely, pack out the rubbles, and then start again. Why? Because the foundation, the building that is proposed on that land is a 15-story building. What is there currently is a four-story. Both of them cannot. You say, how oh, this material, you're wasting material. No, it's because of the vision. Or what is supposed to be there. That is what we inform the decision that will be taken. Let us stop. Let us stop taking it from the top. Every good thing comes from. Hallelujah. So in our secret place, where we are, where we sit, where we have our relationship with God, where we read our Bible, where we study the Word of God, those are the places where the foundation is dug. That is the place you come to the realization and say, man, I am meant to be a skyscraper. And you begin to dig deep. What does it mean? Nobody just stands up and says, I want to build a skyscraper. You have to dig deep into the word of God. You have to live a certain way. You have to save a certain way. You have to have certain friends. You have to know certain people. And you have to get the right hands. So that all the things that you're doing will not be in vain. Hallelujah. So now, the Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God, right? A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What does it mean to be born again? This is a question that we have to ask ourselves regularly so that we can live our lives in a way that it is pleasing, in a way that we are recognized as born again. See, it's not by your introduction. Ah, my name is Felicia Olua Familia Joseph. I'm a born again Christian. I've been a born again Christian since year 2000. 
and two. Really. But the question is that would be asked by your father, by the person that you are born again, you know, that you know you are representing, whose name you carry is that. Are you really? Have you remained born again since then? Are you living your life according to what it means to be born again? Do you see yourself as the new identity that you carry? Hallelujah. You know, how many of us were here on Sunday, second service, first service? You will see that Reverend said a whole lot about this, you know. But it's not going to end with what he has said. It begins with our reflections. It actually begins every time we come here. It's not about the person. The acting, you know, when, it, when, it's, when it's a theater, the person on the stage is the actor, right? But when it comes to the church, the person on the stage is the director. The people sitting are the actors. Hallelujah, somebody. The person here is a director. The people sitting are the real actors. The fact that you're sitting means that you are taking notes on how to improve your work in life. It's not about the person standing here. It's not about how he's saying it or what. It's about the truth he's saying and the ones you should pick from it. Hallelujah, somebody. Are you still here? So what does it mean to be born again? You know, there is physical birth and there is spiritual birth. And in the book of John chapter 3, Jesus broke it down for us, right? I think Reverend used John chapter 3 last week. Yes. It was broken down. There is physical. It talked extensively about the physical kind of birth that I was like, ah, Reverend, eh, all these things you are saying, like, it's just so, looking so vulgar. Like, he kept repeating it. I said, hey, hey, God, help us. We are in the church, for God's sake. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, that's my opinion. I know some people in the church, you're flowing with, yes, right on, Pastor. Yes, go on. Yes, we are hearing you. Yes, especially those <laughs> unmarried brothers in the church. The Lord have mercy upon them. Amen. Amen. Uh -huh. And so when they were talking about the physical, how children are made, some of them were taking notes fast. Yes. How is it? Amen. But you know, that is not uh, 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 how you can, it's not, it's, not, it's not the same as the spiritual birth. In the spiritual birth, all these things don't come to play. Body fluids, genetics, you know, all these things don't come to play. It's not sin. It cannot be touched. But it is a transformation that will later on be revealed in the way we live our lives. In the way we talk. In the way we interact. It has to, you know, character cannot be seen, right? It cannot be seen physically. But the fruit of it is very evident. cannot be hidden. They say it's like smoke. You can't hide it. Hallelujah, somebody. So what does John chapter 1 verse 3? I want you to be writing down your questions as I'm teaching so that we can move fast. We have very short time. 
John chapter 3, right? You know, a man came to him and spoke to him and said, from verse 1, he said, We know, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You say, what do you mean? Exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? That's the first half of it. Many of us take the word of God literally. Can you remember the last teachings we have about how to study the word of God and different ways of doing it? She would just take it literally. So he felt that when Jesus said, you have to be born again, he felt it was a literal thing. Born again. I've been born many years ago. I'm an old man. How can I go back? He did not pause to understand or to think about it and say, ah, what, would have, what, what should he have done? He should have come down and asked, what do you mean by born again? I'm sure Jesus would have explained to him. But he had made up his mind that being born again was going back into your mother's womb and then coming out. How is that possible? What are you talking about? I've seen many Christians nowadays that really don't believe in the words of Jesus. They feel that it's too far-fetched. It's not something that is applicable now. Maybe in the days of Jesus. Who, but now, how can you say I will not abuse at all at all? When the conductor is dragging my change with me. How would you say I will not fight when I'm selling pop-off in the bus stop? How would you say I will, I will, I will remain a Christian when I'm selling clothes at, at Katangwa? You know what, you understand what I'm saying? And in this world, like, maybe if you are living in Lekki, you can be a Christian. Gentle one, normal one that goes to church and comes back. Shebi will just enter his car and come down. But when you are going from one mole to the other, how do you expect it? So many of us feel that the instructions of Jesus about many things, about what he has asked us to do, are a bit on the, at least let me just do small. But, you know, this one, it says that when it comes to born again, Jesus answered him and said, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Truths are truths. They don't change. They don't change with time. They don't change with passage of time. They don't change with generation. They don't change with culture. Truths are truths. And when Jesus says, let me tell you the truth. He says, and he said, what, what do you mean? And verse 5 says, I assure you, no one can enter into the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirits. Humans, he went on to uh, uh, explain that humans can reproduce only. I'm reading the New Living Translation for those of us that are trying to catch up with me. John chapter 3, I'm, not, I'm, I'm on verse 6. It says, humans can only produce only human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life 
It's not only humans that enter the labor world. The Holy Spirit also does that. It gives birth to what? Spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit, but you can see it. How many of us have felt the wind before? How do you, when there is heat in a place and the wind blows, everybody is refreshed, right? We can all feel it. There is no way you are born again and people around you cannot feel it. That's what Jesus is trying to say. It is the truth. Truths are not something that will be covered. Truth is there for everybody to see and everybody to believe. Hallelujah. And so as a child of God, it's either you are born again or you are not. There is no middle ground. Stop deceiving yourself and the people around you that this is the standard with which I can achieve and so it's my standard. There is a general standard of being born again. The general standard states that the born again system is not something that you keep to yourself. It is not something that is not reflected in the way you act, the way you dress, the way you, you speak. You know, some people will say, I'm born again. God knows it's in my heart. Your own breeze is blowing. Your wind is blowing. Nobody can feel it. It's only, the fan is rotating in the heart alone. Nobody can feel it. It's not in your character. It's not in your spoken words. It's not in your relationship. It's not in the way you, you, you do your things. Being born again, Jesus says, is like the what? It's like the wind. You don't know where it's coming from. People cannot understand when they say you are born again. They don't know how you are able to. You don't know where it's going to, but you feel it. It's there. Nobody in this old wide world can say, I don't know what the wind is. The wind is a truth by itself, right? Everywhere you go, if you don't feel the wind, then it's not in this world. Just step outside of the building. Just be in the bus. You will always feel the wind. That is why Jesus used the, the, the scripture of the wind to, to, to explain being born again. Hallelujah. Are you still there? Are you still, are you still with me? I cannot hear the, your, your, your response. Are you sure you are still here? Hallelujah. So, to be born again is a life that is utterly dependent on the Spirit of God. Huh. How much can I emphasize on this? To be born again is a life that is what? Utterly, when I say utterly, I mean totally dependent on the Spirit of God. It means every time, not sometimes, every time you want to take, make a decision. Every time you want to talk about yourself, every time you want to show your abilities, you have to consider the Holy Spirit. You have to understand that it's not by your power. It's not by your understanding. Some of us are so fine. When we look at the mirror, you're like, oh, why am I fine like this? 
you are just so far. You look at yourself and you are so full of yourself. And you've forgotten that you have received nothing that has not been given to you. Everything we have are gifts. You didn't do anything to be as tall as you are. And so, when you come to that realization, you know that the people that are short, they did not also do anything to be short as they are. So, how would you grieve the Holy Spirit by looking at somebody you feel that is not up to your standard and say to the person, you of all people, you are talking to me of all people. Like, who are you? Did you make yourself? You are indirectly, it's like talking to the mother. You know, when you have a mother somewhere and her children, and you feel that the children are ugly and the mother is there. Right? And you look at the children and you say, uh -uh, why do you resemble monkey like this? You just, you just look at them, uh -uh, these children are so ugly. Not only ugly, they are short, they are dwarf, all of them. Is it that nobody can be tall in your family and the mother is there? Are you insulting the children or the mother? What do you think the mother would do? Yeah, that's what we do. That's what we do. We do not consider, if you don't consider the presence of the Holy Spirit, you will keep insulting him by many of the things you do. And he will be grieved. He will look at you and just shake his head. Then you go back and be speaking in tongues. La 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 la. Ma 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 ma. He will just be like you. Unrepentant sinner. You. Insultive. You. That looks down on everybody around you. You come in. What are you saying? He will look at you as an empty barrel. Hallelujah, somebody. Are you, are you still here? A life that is utterly dependent on the Spirit of God. That is the life of a born-again Christian. A life that is utterly dependent on the Spirit of God. That is not dependent on your intellect or your experiences or your connections or where you've been. Who you know. You know? Or how intelligent uh, 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 how intelligent you are, your intelligent quotient, your IQ, IQ of 252. Then you are looking at everybody down your nose. This one, IQ 60. This one, IQ 50. This one, IQ 0. <laughs> I, IQ 252. I have a photographic memory. Who gave it to you? Many people that have that are born with it. People with beauty are born with it. People with... Uh, certain strengths, your temperament, you're born with it. We just develop on all those things. Hallelujah. People that are born in governor's houses are born in it. People that are born in king's houses are born in it. People that are born in farmers' houses are born in it. We have to consider 
the things that we do and make sure that we are utterly what? Dependent on the Spirit of God. Considerate of the Spirit of God. When you talk, you must say, Holy Spirit, help me, guide me. You must look at it. Will he be offended? Will he be glad I'm talking? The words of my mouth. You know, we learned a song last week. I will hurt you. We words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. Stand with me. Agree with me. We are all part of God's body. It is His will that every need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. I would hurt you. Read words from my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. Hallelujah. All the things that we say we do portray us as born again children of God or otherwise. It is not by you standing there and professing it. It is not by you standing in the church and walking. It is not by winning worker of the year or worker of the, of the month. It is by the people that we have touched every day in our interactions. The people you stood up for in the bus to sit even though you are paid for the seats. The Bible says we are the light of the world. A city that is set upon a hill that cannot be hidden. Why is your own Christianity hidden under the rock? <sighs> Nobody can see the light. What is the light for? Light is the general thing. Once it's hung up, it helps every other person to see. It attracts flies. To keep warm. It attracts people to get some power to charge your phone. Everybody come gravitate towards the light. You've been a Christian for 12 years. Nobody is gravitating towards you. You have to check how born again is your born again. To be born again is not an isolation uh, thing. It's not to remove you and say that I'm the one going to hell. You are going to hell. You, you are definitely going. The way I'm looking at you. You are going to hell. The way you are doing. With this bum shot you're wearing up and down. You are going to hell. I've been to a certain church. Some of our churches also. We have that. I don't know. We, we have that doctrine. I've been to a church before when I newly got married. No, no years into getting married. A, a, a few years. I went with my baby. I had my first daughter on my back with myself. And by the time I got there, the first thing was they removed my jewelry. They removed my baby's jewelry. The baby on the back. Then they gave us big scarf, both of us. <laughs> Amen. I even think they removed our pop socks saying his trouser. Well, you, you should know that I would not be, before I go back there, I would, I would have to check everything, whether it's okay. 
because and then they now pushed me to deliverance section <laughs> because obviously for me to be those things i'm wearing attract demons hallelujah some of us that's an institution but some of us we have that mentality we look down our noses as other people here hey, this one is l straight the way he's going to be is like no it cannot end you are not a light a light accommodates everyone a light points to the way just by being the light have you seen the light that is speaking before talking i am the light i am the light i am the light lights don't speak but the the the, the quality and what they have speaks who they are speaks he doesn't have to say I am showing the way to the people I am removing the darkness but because it is light when it comes up the darkness vanishes because it is light when it is working the people are able to know where to go because it is light it's just doing it by standing in a place and being the light that is supposed to be. When you are born again, we are called to be the light. Be, be, being born again means being the light that shows the people what and what not to do. There is no mixture. There is no mixture. The only thing that runs away from the light is darkness. Is darkness. Every other thing gravitates towards the light. It's only darkness that runs away from the light. Hallelujah. Is it only darkness that is running away from you as born again as you are? Or even your friends are running? Some of us, our family members are running. If you're born again is not bringing the people. We have to look at this thing and consider ourselves. Consider our calling, our burning. You have to look at it again and say, am I truly the light? Am I truly born again? According to what Jesus said here. Where is it? The scripture that we just read. You know. Is it possible for me to be, remain this way, the way to do the things that I'm doing and still be called a born again? Is it something that God himself or Jesus satisfies? Or I've just added my own. Hallelujah, somebody. So I said that a life that is utterly dependent on the spirit of God is a life that is born again. What are the things? Remember, also talked about the things that happened at new birth. It says, when he died, number one, Jesus took your place. That means when he died, you died. When he was buried, you were buried. And when you arose, you arose. Ha! Have you heard Christians that say that, ah, now Jesus will not be me. 
When he died, you died. When he died, your pride died. Your, your everything died. Do you know how Jesus died? He was dragged in the middle of a street. Naked and beaten. His garments were torn. That was his road to death. Everything died. His ego, everything died. So, when you are saying that you are born again, you must understand that these things also must die. Your pride, your self-preservation, your, I want to look a certain way, I don't want certain people to talk to me, you know, there's a way we do, there's a way we work. No, 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 I didn't go for, I, 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 I didn't attend uh, uh, the tertiary institution for nothing, I have my master's, I have my PhD. I'm working on it. You know, there's a certain way you don't relate to such. You know, you're confusing yourself. Jesus, his wisdom is bigger and more than those that have Harvard. When he entered in the midst of professors, they were outstanding. They were confused. They were like, "What? Are you sure he wasn't? He didn't go to school?" Because of the analysis he was making, was be was up, it was out of this world. So if somebody like that, that came down from heaven, mm, could walk the streets of this earth naked and beaten, and could tolerate it, he did not decide to do like Chinese Jesus. He calmed down and behave himself. And humbled himself. Why would you not do the same thing? Because, see, to be born again requires a whole lot of humility. You need to be humble. I need to be humble. I need to be able to take all the insults. I need to be able to, to, to do the things that I would ordinarily not do. I know that there was a time when we started the church. I used to be the cleaner. I used to be the uh, assistant uh, a choir mistress, even though I didn't know how to sing. I've been an usher all my life, and I will still stand at the back of the church ushering. Even now, till now, sometimes, I go to this department. I don't have a problem standing up. I don't have a problem being a, a greeter at the gate. I don't have a problem washing the, the toilet. I don't have a problem sweeping or cleaning. I don't have a problem coming to your house and say, hey, yeah. My temperament does not demand that. I'm very introverted and reserved. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not usually given to going around and, you know, it takes a whole lot. But I do it because I am born again. I lay it all down. He laid it all down. He died. And we should also die on a daily basis to our bodies and to what it demands of us. So that we can live a true life. Of being born again. Hallelujah. Okay, my time is short. And uh, what else did he do? He was made alive. When, we, when he was made alive, we are made alive. As a Christian, don't remain buried. As a married woman, don't be buried under house chores and raising children that your light is not shining towards anybody. You are always busy. The children are going. The children are coming. The children will leave. 
What would you have said you used your life for? How many people would you have said you have taught? Are you the first person? I have to tell myself that I am not the first person to raise children. There are women that have raised evangelists. There are women that are in the mission field. There are women that are doing great things for the Lord. Would I say because I have children, I will not do great things for the Lord? I have to call, call myself to order and begin to pray and seek God. Lord, use me. Don't be born again for nothing. What is the essence of being born again? It's like going to school and becoming a doctor. And then you are, nobody is benefiting from your course, from what you have read, from being a medical doctor. Nobody, no sick person is being healed. Nobody is benefiting from it. What is the essence of your 8 to 10 years? Of being learned, of being taught, of being put through. What is the essence of your certificates? Because even professionally, you will see that people that have professional qualification, they don't hide it under the rock. They put it out there to be of help. And for also for their own economic benefits. Hallelujah. Don't hide under the rock of too much outstores. I'm raising my children. My baby is small. I cannot do this. Oh, no. They are blessings. As a youth, don't hide under the guys. I'm busy with school. I'm so busy. Many evangelists arose from the university. Bishop Dagiwald Mills was a medical student when he became a pastor. And many of the people that became his assistant pastors were also in the medical field. You know how tedious it is to study medicine. So if you can be a pastor alongside, pastor and start in a church from the scratch. The Lighthouse Chapel started from, from, the, from the university, from the campus. As a fellowship and agreeing to a church. Don't hide under the rock. Don't put your... You were buried, yes, with Christ. But we are supposed to also arise. To arise with him and be seen, he rose up on the third day. He didn't remain under, on, under the tomb. He didn't remain in the tomb. He didn't remain buried. After you die to yourself, you die to pleasure, you die to all those things, and you become born again, you don't remain buried under, under, under whatever circumstances. We are supposed to arise again. Arise and begin to live and begin to reign and begin to do the things that he has sent us to do. And become the light, the salt. These things have no replicants. It cannot be replicated. Nothing you can put instead of light. Light is light. Salt is salt. Hallelujah, somebody. I pray that the Lord will help us wonderfully in Jesus' name. Okay, I am about to round up and... Uh, we also spoke about redemption and justification. Redemption being the payment of everything that we hold and being redeemed by God from what we have, you know, uh, the, the wrong things that we have been doing, you know, when our debts are cleared. But justification is the new creature. Even though you have done all these things. But because of Jesus. Because he died and he rose again. Because of the presence 
of Jesus, the death and his resurrection, you are now a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. It's the newness. Justification brings about a newness. Such that even though the crimes exist, you cannot be convicted by those anymore. Because you are justified. If we are able to receive all these gifts, not just... God did not stop at redemption. He went on to what? Justification. A, 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 a sin as cruel as murder. If it is justified, is waived. That's why you see that there are murderers in the house of God. There are rapists in the house of God. Somebody will say, ah, he raped 50 people. Ah, he destroyed my life. Then he went on to become a Christian. It's because of justification. It's because of justification. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But in it, there is a place of justification. That even if your, your sin is as red as scarlet, the Bible says it will be made as white as snow. No matter how bad it is, no matter how far you have gone on the wrong way, the moment you turn around and say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I'm a sinner, terrible one. I break down before you. I die with you. I'm buried with you. I arise with you. Take me and use me for your glory. I'm no longer me, but it is you that lives through me. The moment that is done, justification steps in. Isn't it a wonder? Isn't it miraculous? That is why the house of God is filled with unworthy people. That justification has set aside. Even though you have done all those. That's why you shouldn't allow the devil to come back and be telling you that. Eh, that's for you. Eh? 15 abortion. You, you, self, you sit down there. You are calling yourself a Christian. Hey, see that boy that is sitting in that corner. Which time? This time next, last year, you're living in his house. You have bought three, three for him. You have to shut him up and say, I have been redeemed and justified. I am not just, you don't go home and say, well, maybe I should even go back to my life. That's what he wants. When you are born again, knowing your identity, that's why justification and redemption is there, standing as pillars. So that when you are weak, you can rest on it. I say, yes, my strength is renewed. I am justified. And that's why you shouldn't look down, around, uh, look down on people around. Because the same justification and redemption that is available to you is available to the whole wild world. It has come to save us all. And so that is why you have murderers, rapists, suicide bombers in the house of God. And they are accepted. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. So that's a, that's a, that's a hangout to justification uh, that I have seen. And then what are your new status? You are redeemed. Yeah, that is what I just talked about now. Our new status in Christ is that we are redeemed. That's your new status as a born-again Christian. You have to know that everything that you've done in the past, you know, stays in the past. You have been redeemed. You have been bought by the blood of Jesus. You have been bought out of slavery. Yeah. You have been taken out of the hands of the mighty. You know? Yes. You have been taken out of the uh, hands of, 
of, of, of Satan, yes, regardless of whatever hold he may have on you, the moment you are born again, he loses his say, he loses everything, yes. Even no matter how terrible the situation is, you are able to be redeemed from it because the power of God transcends any other power. No power can fight it. It's like somebody being imprisoned in the local prison, you know, detained in a police station. You know, there's a way they can transfer the person to the federal prison and there's a way that somebody in the presidency can say, release him. Yeah, there's an highest authority can say, presidential pardon. That's it. Do, do you get what I'm saying? And that's it. So there is a power that, there are powers underneath, but there is another power that supersedes all the other powers that can say that even though you have done this and this, you are pardoned. And that's what Jesus, that's what redemption does. You are pardoned because now you know this power and you have submitted yourself to him. Hallelujah. Your other status is that you are free from the bondage of Satan and sin. Sin shall not have dominion. Romans 6 verse 14 says, For sin shall have not dominion over, shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. So you are free from the bondage of Satan and sin. And you have to believe this. It will help you to not go back. <coughs> I used to say that when it comes to sinning, it's a choice. It's a choice. There are some that we do unconsciously, but after you have done it, you will hear the, the unconscious one, uh, the very common one is lying. For those people that talk too much, sanguines, yes. Where are they? Hallelujah. They will just be putting in things that are not existing. You know, but even as fast as you are talking, you will always have the Spirit of God question you and say, that thing you just said is not true. And you have to pause and say, ah, that one I just said is not true. Because if you don't pause and admit it, you'll continue to do it. It will be, become a part and personal of you because you have refused to repent. Hallelujah. So you are free from the... You have to understand that you are free. You are free. I'm free indeed. In Christ, I'm free indeed. I know you know the rest. <laughs> you hear the song? It's who I choose to be. It's a choice. It's a choice. As we ask for sin, the bondage of sin is a choice. When you are born again. If you are a sinner... The bondage of sin is not a choice. Because you are under sin, you have to be bound by sin. But the moment you become a child of God, it's a choice. That means a child of God can step back into the bondage of sin. By yourself. But the moment you realize it, the key is with you. The key is with you. Just remove the bondage. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The moment you tell the truth, that's the key. You are free. I'm free indeed. No chains are holding me. It's who I choose to be. So you have to understand that when it comes to sin, it's a choice. But sin is equal to bondage. 
Every time you sin, you put yourself in bondage. Every time you tell the truth, you're losing the bondage and you walk out. And no principality in hell can stop you because they cannot fight against the truth. Are you understanding what I am saying? So if you find yourself falling into sin and say, ah, I'm always falling, I'm always falling, like you're falling in love. Every time you're falling into sin. Every time you're falling into sin. Ha! Understand that it is a willing thing. You have chosen to fall into it. Because you know the truth. You have refused to apply the truth. When you apply the truth, you are free and you are free indeed. Hallelujah. Can we put our hands together for the Holy Spirit? The third thing being that you have been transferred into God's kingdom. And then the fourth thing, you have access to God's throne. I know my time is up. Uh, so I'll run through it. So the first one, let me go back to the first one, is what? You are redeemed, yes. Your new status. I'm talking about your new status. What happens under your new status? It means that you are redeemed. You are free from the bondage of Satan and sin. You have been transferred into God's kingdom. You have access to God's throne. The fifth one, you are now righteous. The sixth one, you are God's ambassador on earth. Seventh, you have power over Satan and sin. Then the eighth one, you are a new creature. You're a new creature. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Jesus understood that. And when he stood on the mountain after this 40 days fasting, and Satan came up and said, Hello there. Do you know that you can pick up a stone and make it bread? He was trying to lure him into sin, right? And what did Jesus say? Man shall not live. There's a truth I know. There's a bondage you know. But there's a truth I know. Man shall not live. By bread and by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He tried again. He tried three times. When he encountered the truth, when he understood that Jesus was a new creature, he left. Was there a struggle? Was there fighting? Was there, was there screaming? Ah, oh, hey, deliverance. There was nothing like that. That's what the truth is for. It's a silent deliverer. You don't need anybody to lay hands on you when it comes to the truth. Are you understanding it? When you discover it, the change will fall off. I told you the story of myself that when I was younger, I used to engage in a whole lot of romantic novels. So much so that I had, uh, what is it called? What they call spirit husband. I didn't know that was it. I felt it was just a continuation of the novel I read. Until I was in the church like this. And one preacher preached and said, ah, when you read, and he broke it down. And I was taken aback. That day I knew the truth. I didn't go to him for counseling on anything. I searched the scripture myself and I went back home and I realized that the first thing to do is to set myself apart from those things. Die to them. Be buried in Christ. I engaged in three days fasting. And I arose with him. That was the end. Nothing like that again. This one that they will say, they will go to the river to go and appease the gods of the Kinnikon. They will do this. It's because you don't know the truth yet. When you grab hold of any truth, it can resolve long-standing situations in your life. Without any noise. 
without any struggle. It will just pick up itself and leave, just like darkness leaves when light comes. There is no noise. The light comes up, the darkness does what? Disappears. The truth shows up. The lies, the lies, lies, years and years and years and generations of lies does what? They said in this family, people don't get married. In this family, they don't give birth. When you give your life to Christ and you stand with God, you will have twins on twins. Generationally, it has not been happening. But it doesn't mean that it will continue with you. Uh-uh. Who are thou, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and ye everlasting doors. Do you know who is talking? Do you know who is coming in? Do you know who I'm working with? His name is the King of Kings. The king of glory. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So when we begin to do this, when we begin to live our lives as born again indeed, you don't need to fight where others are fighting. You just need to live your life right. Be the light. Be the truth. Live by the truth. Every time you find yourself falling into sin, know that the truth is far from you. There is something you need to do. And you have to do it by yourself. It's not by going to your pastor. Oh, you can seek counsel from your pastor. But it's not your pastor that will do it for you. You have to do it by yourself. Live a truthful life. And see all the long-standing matters in your life begin to give way. Be the light and see people attracted to you. You are praying. Oh, from the east to the west to the south. Lord, connection. He does. Everybody gravitates towards the sun when it arises. It doesn't matter whether you are in the north, the east, the south, or the west. Everybody arises to the rising of the sun. Depending on which kind of lights that you have been or you are. When the light is put on, the connection that you, if you, if you become the light, the connection you are looking for, will come and meet you where you are standing. Because even you, you are giving light generously to all that is around you. I pray that the Lord will help us and he will give us the grace to do what we ought to do in the name of Jesus. Can we put our hands together for the Lord Jesus and bow our heads and I just want you to rededicate yourself to where you're, wherever you're sitting. Rededicate yourself to Christ. And say, Lord, I'm not sure I'm, I'm, I'm completely born again. I've been living my life the way I should. I retrace my step back to you today. Help me, Lord, to be the light that I should. To be the salt that I should. To live by the truth and eliminate every form of lies that I've surrounded myself with. To break down the chains and the bondages of sin around me. In the name of Jesus, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to represent you as the light, 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 light that chases out darkness. In the name of Jesus, a gift to humanity. That's the life of a born again. A gift to the people around you. That's the life of a born again child of God. I want to be a, your child through and through. Your representative through and through. I want your spirits, your spirits, your spirits 
to come alive in me. I want to report. I want to submit to your spirit. I want to depend on your spirit. Every decision, every waking hour, everything I do, everything I, I think, everything I'm about to say, everything I say, I want to be completely dependent on the Holy Spirit. Give me the grace, O oh Lord.